Whoops. You stumbled into that leadership position. You had a big vision, big ideas, but it hasn't gone quite as you planned. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Accidental Leader Podcast with your accidental leader, Bo McDonald. Welcome into episode number 11 of The Accidental Leader. I am your host and fellow accidental leader, Bo McDonald. And on today's episode, we're going to tackle something that I get oh so tired of talking about, but I talk about it all of the time because it is a problem that every single one of us leaders deals with, and that's fear, usually fear of change. And today's guest has been through it. Not once, not twice, but probably 18 dozen times in the last few years and continues to to push that fear of change aside. And I think it's something that all of us as accidental leaders were faced with or should be faced with. And if we're not faced with change and fear, there's probably a problem. So today's guest, the CEO of the Digital Growth Institute, the author of Banking on Digital Growth. He is a fellow podcaster, a fellow accidental leader, James Robert Lath. Three, two, one. For more resources and to listen to past Accidental Leader podcast episodes, visit theaccidentalleader.com. Courtesy of our sponsors, your marketing company and Uncommon. James Robert Lay, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Bo, it's great to hang out with you again. So we're experimenting today. I, I warned, I, I warned him that I, I'm not sending a script over. I'm not sending an outline. I was a guest on his podcast last year, and I think we probably went uh, way over on time. Anytime we have conversations that they could just go forever, we, we've got so much in common. The conversations are always fun. So we're going to wing it today. Now, any podcast professional is probably saying, "Oh, this is going to be horrible." We'll find out at the end of this. We will find out. James Robert Lay, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for taking some some time out of your busy day and, and schedule to share some of your story and hopefully inspire some other accidental leaders. Absolutely. Anything that I can do to transform pain into progress and future success for others, uh, the pains of my past, if you will, to help them, I'm all about it. And And that's what we as leaders, I always say, you know, there's folks that I look up to, I need to learn from. There's folks that if I can help them avoid the stupid tax that I had to pay going through it, uh, that uh, that's great. So I want to go back about 10-ish years. I guess the older I get, the, the more I lose track of time. So it could have been three years, feels like 10. Uh, when we first met, uh, we were both in the same industry still, uh, banking, financials, credit unions. You had a business that looks very different than it does today. And I want to go back to that point and, and just have you share a little bit about your story about where your business was and and kind of how you got here today. And we'll we'll spend some time dissecting that. You know, I think looking back, I play a game in decades. And 2002 was when I started my company. I was a sophomore in college playing in a punk rock band. And a girl told me, your band sucks. Go do something with your life. And I wanted to impress her. And was so, the girl your mom? Because uh, that sounds like something a mom would say. It, it actually, she, the girl became my future wife. Um, and she has always been uh, tough. She has always spoken the truth. 
and I love that about her, but it also challenges me from time to time. And so in 2012, flash forward now a decade later, um, business was fantastic. Uh, you know, hit seven figures multiple years in a row. Team was growing from the outside. Everyone was, man, you're just, you're living the life on the inside. I was, I was in bad shape. And I remember it was October of 2012. My wife came to me. We just had our second child. And she said, you need to make a choice. It's either the business or it's the family. Ouch. And even now, just telling the story, it's like, I've told it, you know, probably dozens of times at this point to, to, to help other people, but it, it still, it, it just brings me back because I was not in a good place. Um, I was selfish. I was focused only on what I needed. And that was taking a toll on me as a father, me as a husband, me as a, an entrepreneurial CEO. And I needed help um, because I was really, at that time, an accidental leader and did not know the next best step forward. And I knew that I didn't want to lose my family. I knew that I didn't want to lose my business. Um, I've always been inspired by the Robert Frost poem um, that I saw as a freshman in high school, hanging, hanging on the wall by my desk, two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And I took the one less traveled and that has made all the difference. But I was never interested in taking the left path or the right path. I was always fascinated. What's down the middle? Let's blaze a new trail. And so when given the choice, my family or the business, I said, let's blaze a new path down the middle. You know, and I can't imagine as a, as a business owner, you've got a business that's rocking, it's profitable. Mm. Uh, things are going well. And, and that's the time when, when most people least want to mess that up. Why mess up a good thing? Why fix something that's not broken? And I think that's where that fear of change comes in. I, I have this thing, I'm, I'm making money, and a lot of it does go back to money. I'm, I'm making this money. What happens 20 years from now? I'm experiencing this life, and life is good. And what happens if I become a fry cook at McDonald's? If life, I make this decision, did, what, what happens with that? And oh my gosh. Life was very good financially. And it took a tough conversation with someone coming in from the outside to challenge me to see beyond the present moment, to, to really envision an even bigger future potential. But that was going to require myself to step into the unknown. And you know, you, you've mentioned fear of change a couple of times here. I believe the fear of the unknown precedes the fear of change. I could look around and say, wow, like I had, you know, financially, quote unquote, made it. I came from a family of modest means and money was a, a, a secure attachment for me. And now looking back, you know, to 2012, that time period and making some really big changes in December going of 2012, going to 2013, I realized I was attached to kind of all of the wrong things. And 
one of the big things I believe is as leaders, particularly accidental leaders, sometimes we we have to let go to grow. And that's where you got to do a lot of deep introspective work. You have to look deep within the self. I think about um, the writings of Sun Tzu, The Art of War. Uh, He once wrote, know the enemy and know yourself and you need not fear the results of a thousand battles. But what if for us as accidental leaders, the enemy is within us? I don't think that's a what if. I think it is. We we are our own worst enemies. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that attachment for me financially, and it could be financial, it could be status. As I went through my journey over the last decade, started working with an outside advisor, David C. Baker, and I've worked with him a couple of times over the years, getting into an executive coaching program to surround myself with other other entrepreneurial leaders was the best thing that I could have done. Getting into therapy, um, personally, uh, marriage counseling as well, and just doing a lot of digging and a lot of work. Uh, there's a lot of you know, ancient Stoic wisdom here of just know thyself, because I was, I had habits and behaviors that I wasn't even aware of that were hurting people around me, hurting myself, um, that go all the way back to kind of your, your early days of formation. Love my parents. They did the best that they could do. I'm, I'm hoping that I can do the best that I can do for my kids, but eventually you have to take responsibility for yourself. You know, you have to lead yourself before you can lead others. And that's a very, I'm not going to say impossible, but a very tough mountain to climb if you're trying to climb that mountain by yourself, which is why now for the last decade, I've been involved in, you know, all of these different executive coaching programs, working with advisors, working with uh, therapists, just to be even better than what I was before. You know, for the other accidental leaders listening, you, I want to pause here because this is so important. When you talk about leading yourself, I forgot which episode it was. It was a couple ago with our guest was Brian Rollo, and and the entire the entire podcast was talking about leading yourself as an accidental leader. You have other lives that you are in charge of. People are depending on you to help them succeed, and and if you can't lead yourself well, there is no way, no way that you can lead. Others. Now, I've seen I've seen folks try to do it, even within our organization. I had to have a tough conversation years ago with someone who really wanted a leadership position. They wanted to be promoted. They wanted to grow within the company. And this person did great work. But holy cow, they couldn't lead themselves. They, they were always their own worst enemy. And I knew it was going to be trouble because I'd recommended the book, Ego is the Enemy. And I'm like, I want you to read this and I want to have a conversation about it. And And this person said... I read it. I disagree with everything in here. Mm. I don't know how much farther we can go with this because the the whole the whole premise of that book is what happens when you don't lead yourself well. When when you are a, a tyrannical, egomaniac, prideful. Yeah. Leader. 
it's interesting you bring that up. Ego is the enemy by Ryan Holiday. Um, I would say for the last maybe five or six years, I've I've been reading up on a lot of Stoic works. Ryan's work, the Daily Stoic, fantastic place to start for those that aren't familiar. And when you think about Stoicism, I mean, even even the shirt that I'm wearing right now, Memento Mori, um, it's printed on the front. It's it's a daily reminder. We have a limited amount of time here. And Memento Mori is Latin for essentially remember your death. And you could say, my goodness, this is a pretty morbid conversation. But actually, I look at it as a very freeing and a liberating thought. Because once again, playing a game in decades, 2002 to 2012, 2012 to 2022, now 2023, going into 2033. I've got a lot of time still left in my mind, but I don't have a lot of time either to be wasting it, um, fluttering around. And I want to come back to that point before, and and you're, you're starting to touch on this when thinking about your uh, conversation with a, with a teammate internally attachment and trust. If I think about the, my childhood growing up, I didn't feel very um, secure. Uh, there were some times that I didn't feel very safe. Um, and you start to doubt in your mind. And I think the most important thing as a leader, you have to learn how to trust yourself before you can trust anyone else. And, and my wife and I, we were having this conversation the other day, literally, and I didn't have this awareness, but I, I, I pretty much told her, I said, you're the, you're one of the very, if not the, she probably was the very first person that I ever fully trusted Now we met. And I told her at 18, 19, I was going to marry her, but trust plays a lot into this idea of leadership. And the first person that you have to trust is yourself before I think you can trust anyone else. That is, I 100% agree with that. Can you dive deeper and talk about what that means? Because there, there's probably some folks who are sitting right where you were mm. at that age who they don't know what it means to trust themselves. It, it's, a, it's, a it's a deep concept. It's a hard concept. It is. And I would say I'm, I'm still figuring it out. This idea of accidental leadership at this point in my own journey, it seems like it's going to be a lifelong one um, because there's always something to learn about myself, about other people around me, whether that be personally, whether that be professionally, whether that be as a father or a husband or as a CEO. But to trust oneself means you must go within within the self. And a lot of times for me, my personal experience, I didn't want to for the longest time because it's the fear of the unknown. I was actually scared of what I would find in there. 
Um, but once you start to, to do that work, to start to dig deep, you can begin to um, identify pains and just look at things very objectively. This is the point of stoicism now. Um, another book from, from Ryan Holiday that I highly recommend is The Obstacle is the Way. Yes. Because when you identify why you are hurting, it's how I kind of started off our conversation. You can transform pain into positivity. You can transform pain into positive energy. Energy is what provides light for other people. Um, and as a result, you can guide them forward. They're going to be the ones who ultimately have to do the work, but that's the whole idea. I think of, of, of leadership is to lead people beyond the present moment towards a future that they cannot see for themselves. They cannot envision for themselves, but you have to first and foremost, see a future that is far bigger for yourself. And that means that you have to trust yourself by going within and overcoming your own fear of the unknown, your own fear of change, your own fear of failure. And then I think for me personally, this was a really big one, the fear of success, because the success that I experienced early on, because I, like I said, I was a sophomore in college. I think I kind of fell into it accidentally. But then that inflated the ego, which created a whole slew of problems to then you essentially have to die to the self to then recreate, not even I'm going to say recreate, but to find the true self and why you are here on this earth with a limited amount of time to do the greatest good for other people around you. I want to go back and, and I want to stay on this concept, but I, I want to go back to something you said, coaching therapy. Mm. And, and to me, it boils down to, to root system. It's something that a, a mentor and coach uh, spent a lot of time with me on. And, and the way he describes it, if you think about how wine is made, it's not just being pressed and, and put in a bottle. You go back to the flavor of that wine from year to year, 2012 to 2013, same winery could taste very different. And it's what happens to those plants. During that time, was there a fire in that area? Was it windy? Was it dry? And when you think about that with yourself, the root system, what was your childhood like? Who's been poured into you as some of your earliest leaders? You mentioned grandparents, parents, something we don't like to think about. They were great. They're our parents, but they're also broken people just like we are. And, and if you reflect back on why am I who I am today and why do I do what I do and why do I think what I think, the more you reflect back on who poured into me what was what was the dry time in my life what was the wind what was the the fire and and how did that impact me today and, and i thought i had it I, I i spent probably about five years working with this coach and mentor and, and i always advocate moving on and, and going to someone else so you get a, a difference of opinion because you get very comfortable with with that one coach and mentor. You need someone with a fresh perspective. Yeah. And I left and it's been about three years since I've been working with this new coach. Four years now, actually. And she asked me a question. This was just several months ago. We're talking about root system. 
And what I believed to be true wasn't actually true at all. When we started digging into to root system and, and my parents, you know, I, I, I looked at one parent and said, this is why I am the way that I am. But I was almost kind of blinded saying, this parent did something different. I didn't see it. And when I have full perspective, really changes your perspective. And all that to be said, it's a journey. If you go see counseling once, if, if you spend six months working on yourself and you don't, the answer is never going to change. And I'll bet you if you spend more time on that conversation, more time reflecting, have someone else ask you that same question, maybe in a different way, and you pause and think. And, and I had that, oh, crap moment that for so many years, I've been wrong about this. I, I didn't look at this other side. And holy crap, has that changed how I think about myself and how I go back and think about why am I who I am today? And, and it allows you to, to reflect on that and, and make those changes you need to make to lead yourself better. That's a fantastic point about the concept of, of, of two, two things. One, perspective. And then number two, time. I look at perspective as the sum of context and framing. And when you're working with an objective outsider, um, a coach, a therapist, a counselor, whatever you want to call these helpful guides on your own journey, they're able to provide you with a new perspective because they're able to reframe something and just help you see things a little bit differently. And when you start to see things differently, you're going to think different. And I've asked this question now probably close to um, a thousand times to other leaders in the vertical that you and I work in. I asked them, I want you to complete this sentence. I see different, therefore I think different. I think different, therefore what? It's a bit of a philosophical question. I understand that. And they pause and they ponder. I would say 99% respond, well, I'm going to act different. I'm going to be different. I'm going to do different. I said, you're on the right path. However, just because one thinks different, does that mean that they are going to act, be, or do different? To bridge the gap between the thought and the action comes down to one thing, and it's feeling and emotion. And I think that's sometimes where we as leaders struggle because we think feelings and emotions, we're going to talk about that, well, might be a little bit weak. But from my own personal experience myself, leading myself first and foremost, and then leading others, both within my organization and then working with other leaders, the desire, the feeling, the emotion to do different must be far greater than the desire, feeling, emotion to remain the same. Just because we know we need to do something different, change a behavior, change a habit, 
which are just reoccurring actions, we have to feel different. And that is where the objective external perspective of a coach, counselor, therapist can help. But it's also where time comes into this conversation. Because just because you work with an objective outsider for a month, six months, from my own personal experience, I don't know if that's enough time because I've now been working with objective outsiders for over a decade and have invested well over six figures into that. And people are like, that's a lot of money. I'm like, the return, I would say, is better than the stock market. Um, That is a place I think a lot of people get stuck is that's expensive. And you have to put that into perspective. If you spend X and you get Y as a return and it's so much more, it's no longer an expense. And I don't think it's a, you know, of course, there's the monetary side of that, but there are the intangibles. There are the relationships that we have with others as leaders professionally. There are the relationships that we have with others personally with our family, with our friends. But then there's the relationship that we have with ourselves, And I think if we look at quote unquote personal development as an expense to just quote unquote make more money and get a, you know, a 5X return or 10X return, we might be missing the greatest lessons that could just make us better people for others, but more importantly, improve the relationship that we have with ourselves. So we're talking about coaches outside perspective. I want to go back to that ultimatum that, that you got from the smartest person you know when your wife said, your business or your family? Yeah. I can only imagine that was a gut punch of... It probably wasn't a hard decision, but it probably was a very hard decision. How do I balance supporting my family? I, I'm I'm going to choose my family. I don't choose my business. It's the breadwinner for the house. How do you how do you manage that when you, when you were going through that that decision making process? I'm sure you had outside perspective and and some coaches and and folks leading you through that, and you ultimately chose family. How did you? How did you go through that decision-making process and how did you, how did you dissect that to, to get where you are now? It was super simple. If I kept on the path that I was going on, I would have probably drove myself into the ground. Um, truth be told, at that time, I was also struggling with some addictions. And I knew that's not where I wanted to end up. And so I I play a very simple game in my mind. Best case, worst case. What's the best case scenario if I go down a new path and transform my organization to one that I feel confident will create an even bigger future than the present moment that I was in back then in 2012. What's the best that could happen? I just started writing a list. 
And then I said, well, what's the worst that could happen? If I go down this path, try it, have the potential to fail. What's the worst that could happen? Wrote a list down. What's the best that could happen if I stayed and kept doing what I was doing? Then the opposite side, what's the worst that could happen if I stay and do what I'm doing? And so you get really clear, really fast when you get this thinking out of your head, because it comes back to what I was sharing before. You're now able to just see two paths, best case, worst case. And I picked the one that had the the biggest potential upside, which was to transform my organization. And to do so was going to require me to really transform myself first and foremost as a leader. But even then, what's the worst that could happen if I do that, if I fail? Because I was the breadwinner. Two, two young kids at the time, two and maybe six months old. What's the worst that could happen? And I was like, well, we lose it all. What are we going to lose? Money? Security? Security tied to money? Okay, fine. We'll go move in with my parents. We're going to move in with her parents, figure it out, start over. I got really comfortable with that thought. I'd still have my family. My ego would have taken a massive hit. It did take a massive hit, was already taking a massive hit. So it's kind of like, eh, what's a little bit more pain? You know, um, we're going to figure this out. And by making that commitment and literally burning the ships. And I think that's the most important part. When you go down a massive transformative path, you have to burn the ships. What does that mean? You have to let go of everything that you know and everything that you have done up to a certain point. Because for me personally, it would have been so easy because we went through from 2013, 2014, for the first 10 years of the business, every year, profitable, profitable, very profitable, you know, leading up to 2012. 2013, 2014 took two years of big six figure losses. The thought crossed my mind well, let's just go back to doing what we were doing before. I said, no, we can't. We have to keep pushing through. The ships have been burned, both literally and figuratively, meaning that on December 21st, 2012, I brought my entire team together and I said, this is the path. This is the direction that we're going in 2013 and beyond. And it was a massive transformation for the organization. It was, you know, previously it was a, an agency was not doing me well. And I said, we're going to go into more of a direction framed around thought leadership, um, advisory, 
consulting. And I said, you have a choice to make. You can come down this path with me, or if not, no hard feelings. I'm going to help you out. I'll help find something else for you. And we probably, and that was December 21st. So I said, you got two weeks to think about over Christmas. Came back, lost 30, 40% of people, let another 20% go that should have gone. So we got real lean. And um, I did the same exact thing with clients. So this is the direction that we're going. And I let clients go, help them, transition them. And if I think back, I probably hearted myself at that time to protect myself because I upset a lot of people back then. Um, even now to this day, I have not been called back to speak at events. And all I can think of is something happened back then. I pulled money out of trade shows. I, I That's burning the ships, Bo. It's you make a decision, you commit to it, and you're going forward no matter what at that point. Because when you burn the ships, it's kind of an old military term. Once you go into a new land to explore a new opportunity, burn the ships because there's no going back to where you were before. I think if you stay in the middle, it's ultimate failure. You're, you're choosing that to, to go between two. I think of the story of Continental Airlines hmm. and, and why they're not here today. They, they saw what Southwest was doing and they, they tried to dabble in that. They, they didn't commit. They didn't burn their ships. They didn't burn their planes. If you want to put it in that perspective, they tried to keep their their old model of business and say, what Southwest is doing is cool. And it ultimately cost them. It was too expensive. They they couldn't be two things. And as they were trying to transform their business, it failed miserably of trying to keep that comfort of the past. And this is who we are. And here's a little bit of this new thing. Let's Let's try to be all things to all people. And it failed miserably. There's there's some Mr. Miyagi wisdom in what you're sharing here. Mr. Miyagi told Daniel's son and the karate kid, if you walk on the left side of the road, you're okay. If you walk on the right side of the road, you're okay. If you walk in the middle, he said squish, just like grapes. And when we're confronted and we are being confronted as leaders now, as accidental leaders, we are being confronted with not even an enormous, but an exponential amount of change, change that is being driven at a macro level, changes that we have never experienced in our life before. I think back to early 2020. And I would say it was kind of like I had a bit of a warm up for everything from everything that I had experienced before 2020. Um, when it comes to, to massive exponential change, the world shuts down. I was launching a book at the time, supposed to go out on a speaking tour. And when the conferences closed down, you have to pivot pretty quickly. And it's about at that point, I had already experienced some pretty big, massive transformations that at that point I had forced. 
Now, at this point, the environment is forcing it. But I recall saying early on a podcast and in the Banking on Digital Growth podcast, I look back, that's a gift. That's a gift from COVID. Because I don't think I would have started that podcast back then when I did because I was doing other things. Too busy, if you will, doing other things. But because I was forced to take a different path and I was comfortable changing quickly, I was able to capture new opportunities early. And I remember saying early on in that podcast, this decade, 2020 to 2030, is going to be a very challenging decade. It's going to be a very exciting one. It's going to be a very challenging one because of all of the exponential changes that we are going to experience as individuals, as teams, as organizations, as accidental leaders. And it's about, once again, kind of coming full circle, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. And one of the best ways to be comfortable being uncomfortable is you just trust yourself. And um, the good news of all of this, I think, from my own personal experience, and then also leading others, you can train yourself. And more importantly, you can train your mind to navigate through the complexities of exponential change even when the path isn't 100% clear. I want to share one more resource. As you talk about this change, you had to kill some stuff off to make room and, and margin in your time and resources to, to take on these new things. There, there's a book called Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud. Mm-hmm. And, and it talks all about, really to sum it up, you cut some of the dead growth off of plants because if you don't, there's there's no room to to experience new growth on that plant, and it, it's the same thing in in our lives. If if we don't find the things that are no longer serving us, and make a tough decision to to kill them off, there's there's nothing new that's going to happen. There, there's no margin for that that new growth. And and as we start to wrap up this this particular episode, we've talked a lot about where you were and and some of the decisions you had to make you uh i'm guessing there's no regrets you're doing very well you you made tough decisions and and, and i want that to be a, a lesson for the the other accidental leaders that are listening you, you make tough decisions and if you if you do it objectively and in in a smart thoughtful way without without double thinking and and really the way you put it trusting yourself uh it's going to work out. Tell us about where you are today and, and, and the, gosh, the, the growth that you've experienced. In 2012, David C. Baker said, you're going to write a book. I remember almost audibly laughing at that comment. Write a book. <laughs> what do I know? Um, basically. Who would, who would, who would ever buy that? Who would ever read that? And eight years later, wrote my first book, um, working on my second book, 
which is titled Banking on Change. A lot of you know what we've been talking about today. And the reason for that is if I look at the landscape, and this is multi-vertical, I see a lot of people struggling, a lot of leaders struggling to deal with the exponential changes that are being forced on them. And I just want to help. I want to help them navigate that complexity. Um, and I think the very, the very first thing that we all must do if we are going to navigate and overcome the fear of change, the fear of the unknown, the fear of failure, is we just have to calm our mind. If we are not calm, because the antithesis to calm is chaos. The antithesis to clarity is confusion. Before I truly can- believe that comes from only thinking about the worst case scenario. When you think about change, it's so easy to talk about what is the worst thing that could happen. Yes. You, you, you mentioned the best case. And I, I don't think we think through that we we just go right to worst case scenario and and those are the things that keep us where we are and instead of looking at the best case that, that there is another option it, it may not be worst case and and that's where we can train the mind to see beyond the present the future is created by the, the decisions that we're making in the present moment by the the commitments that we're making in the present moment but we must, as an accidental leader, we must find our own calm to gain clarity, to increase our courage, to continuously commit. And then as a result, our confidence will rise over time. And, and the Latin root of confidence is with faith. We have to have faith. We have to have faith in ourselves. We have to have faith in our teams that we can create something even bigger than what we're experiencing today to, to create something even better um, than what, what we can even see and perceive today. And that just requires us to just once again, take time to pause and to reflect and to just, just to be calm. And in that calmness on one side and the, leading to confidence on the other side, the calm and the confidence, they're contagious. And we can share that with the teams that we're leading around us. James Robert Lay, our guest on episode 11 of The Accidental Leader. Thank you so much for for coming in and and sharing this. I'm so glad that I did not spend time preparing a script and and forcing what we're going to talk about because I, I don't think we would have gotten half of where we did today before before we wrap things up sum this up for us if you had one piece of advice on a bumper sticker to give an accidental leader that's listening right now that's struggling with dealing with change and and maybe even where you were that that point where they know something's got to give what would you say two words memento mori remember your death i share that and folks say that's so morbid. You're alive today. And I share back with them. That's right. I am alive today. 
tomorrow is not guaranteed. Every email that Ryan Holiday sends out, I look at it. And, and every morning I'm reminded as I read that email, am I doing today what I'd want to do if, if this is it? And, and it becomes less of a morbid thought into more of an exciting thought of, I control this destiny. Yes. James Robert Lee, where can folks find you? If, if they want to connect with you and, and, and talk more about this, how can folks get in touch with you? Google me. James Robert Lay, connect with me on LinkedIn or just send me an email, jrwlay at digitalgrowth.com. And your new book, you're working on it now. Expected date, I don't want to throw it off because if you give a date, it, it's going to jinx it and it's going to push it out six more months. But any thoughts on when we can see that? Well, right now we're looking at May, June of 2023. It better not be six more months because this the second book has been a uh, it has been a labor of love. I'm looking forward to that, James Robert Lay. Thanks so much for joining us on the Accidental Leader episode number eleven. We're wrapping things up. So excited about this one! I hope you'll share it with friends and family. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who who continues to email and and tweet and and text me and say thank you for these conversations. And, and I have to remind folks, I'm just the facilitator. These folks that that I I get to bring on here and have these conversations with uh, are the ones that, that are sharing their accidental leader stories and they're, they're so powerful. So I appreciate it so much. Thank you for the support in, in this episode and in this podcast overall. Looking forward to seeing you in the next one. Thanks so much. For more resources and to listen to past Accidental Leader podcast episodes, visit theaccidentalleader.com, courtesy of our sponsors, your marketing company and Uncommon.